0: Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest manga and anime news and chapters. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock?
1: I'm good, as always, Kevin. Glad to be here. Good, good, good to have you back. I recorded an episode
0: without you last time. Uh, I snuck one in for this past month, so I'm glad to, but I'm glad to have you back.
1: <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: just wanted to sneak one into the feed of like one of the manga series so if you haven't heard that episode i recorded a quick review of the initial um chapters for the new manga series that's premiered on shonen jump called uh 6p so you guys could go check that out it's a music manga music manga um and again you guys should check out that episode to get my thoughts on that and um we may you may see that in the future in this on the show so And just to do some quick housekeeping before we get into everything, because today we are going to be talking about something like My Hero Academia, Spy X Family, Kaiju Number 8, and Sakamoto Days, October chapters, plus uh, a quick review of the My Hero Academia movie and some big announcements from Viz Media. But again, before we get into that, let's do some housekeeping. Um, So again, you could always follow the Manga Revolution podcast on all podcast streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, We'd love it if you guys rate and review us. With five stars and leave leave feedback that always helps us out getting up into podcast rankings. Um and then you could also find the latest uh features that we've written on the com, where I know Rocky just did a breakdown for all the recent uh sales numbers for September. So you could check that uh feature out. And then I also just posted the top moments for comic books on the website as well. So you can check out those two big features that we did to just check out our thoughts on that. So and you could also follow me on Twitter at, at the Kevin Lainas. So I just changed my Twitter account this, pa- uh, this past weekend. So you guys could check out my new Twitter um, handle at, at the Kevin Lainas and then on Instagram at Kevin 7 um, And then you could follow uh, the C- uh, Concrete Revolution at CB Revolution on Twitter and the Manga Podcast at the Manga Podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, Rock, Worker, we find
1: you? Everyone can check me out on Twitter and on oh, Instagram, same handle at Rock Two K's Revolution.
0: Perfect. So, um, before we get into these uh, uh, new chapters for the month, uh, we quickly wanted to go over like some announcement that Viz Media made um, during the past month, which is their Summer '22 release schedule, which includes Marvel Secret Reverse, which is a team up story between Spider-Man and uh, Iron Man that will be written by Yu-Gi-Oh creator uh, Kazuki Takahashi, um, and then we also have. Others uh, with Liminal Zone by uh, Uzumaki's creator uh, Junji Ito. We also have uh, uh Princess Half Demon, getting you know, an official manga for, with um, Rumiko Takahashi as the character designer for it but uh, and Takahashi, Takahashi Shina as the writer and artist. And then we have also created Food Truck by uh, Rukuro Okagaki and then a, a short story by uh, Death Note's creator, um, uh, oba and oba that's going to be in the, the death note universe uh, and then we also have some of the Na- naruto Retsuden novels that are like character specific novels for Na- uh, kakashi sasuke and also naruto getting official translations here in the united states so rock of the announcements that came out by viz for their summer 22 release schedule what, what stood out to you most
1: i've two of the titles kevin i like already because they've been viz is doing a great job releasing digital only titles. So Ghost Weaver Girl and the Elusive Samurai both have been digital for a while. They're both really good. So I'm glad to see them getting a run in print format because I think that uh, they'll appeal to a pretty wide range. And so to get out to more readers, I like, I like they're doing that. Of the ones that are new to me and that weren't released digitally first, I mean, Kevin, Crazy Food Truck by Rokuro Ogaki looks insane, it just looks crazy. And this is why I like manga so much, you know, is it's just when they do crazy stuff like this. It's just it looks really cool. It's a post apocalyptic world. Guy's got a food truck, and he finds this mysterious naked young lady and go. It's like, what? Okay, I'm I'm rolling with that. Why not? So that looks really fun. And what other also caught my eye, of course, because I'm a big fan of Kaiju, Rooster Fighter, where giant monsters are destroying Japanese cities. And a rooster has to save the day. Why not, Kevin? Why not? So both of those of the new ones really stood out to me as my two, the two that I'm most excited to read. And then kind of in third place would probably be the secret reverse title from Yu-Gi-Oh! creator Kazuki Takahashi. It's uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man. Since I've, I mean, gosh, I've, I've found Iron Man to be unreadable for so long, Kevin. It'd be kind of cool to see a fun Iron Man title for the first time in, like, I don't know, a decade. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's something that's not in the continuity. It could just be its own thing. So, that's, right? Yeah. I think that's the one that I'm most excited about as a Concord fan, um, really, and Spider-Man and Iron Man to being two of my favorite heroes. Um, I, I'm very interested to see how they uh, translate it into, like, a Japan setting. Um, yep. just because I know what we recently got the Batman and Joker mangas as yeah. well and stuff like that that completely did something different and I yeah. really hope that like they take this opportunity just to do something different with the characters that you could keep yep. the core concepts but like don't try and treat it like it's mm. into the Marvel universe or just take the core concepts of the characters and what makes them great and just do tell a fun story um, and I'm glad that also like just for, for myself personally too that the Naruto novels are getting released in here in the United States just because uh, yeah it's been a while those have been released for a while but we just haven't gotten like super official translations of it um yep. so I'm fine I'm glad that we're getting official translations for those because those have been a long time coming because I-, I love the Naruto-, Naruto series I haven't gotten into Boruto too much but I've been I've been trying uh recently so um, and I'm glad that they're releasing more content for there and obviously I'm also interested in the Death Note story as well the short story by Oba and Yep Omota um because mm-hmm. it sounds cool and we'll and this is taking place after Kira's story. So it's going to be another short story because they've been doing what they did that short story about with the character that also met Donald Trump in one of the, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh And so I'll be interested to see what, how they continue exploring, exploring that universe. Cause it seems like Oba and Obata to like to come back every few years and tell like a a quick death note story every once in a while. Yep. Indeed. To remind everybody how popular that was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yeah. And then just as like a fan of the food truck, like the um, food wars, I-, I love that we're getting another big, it seems like another big uh, manga f- with that love crazy food trucks that, like you yeah. said, it's, it's so that, 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 concept, then you can just see the cover art of it. Uh-huh, it old guy. Cool. What is it? He's holding a fishing rod, right?
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's, so it's just for like, something. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's just that that concept is just cool. And like, it just yeah. looks so crazy. Um, is there anything else that stood out to you?
1: Now those are the main things for me. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. So again, th- those are going to be releasing in summer twenty twenty two. So you guys could expect that coming out here in the United States. And um, you can also, like Rock said, you could read some of these, like um, uh, Ghost Reaper Girl and others, on the Viz Media app. So a little bit of a plug for Viz on there. So if you want to read ahead and see if these are of interest to you, um, you could check them out there as well. So um, and now before we get into all the chapters, I also wanted to quickly just talk about. But My Hero Academia World Hero Mission because it just released uh, here in the United States over the weekend and I actually got a chance to go watch it. Um, Rock, I know you you didn't, haven't watched it yet, correct?
1: No, I have not gotten to see it. I, yeah. I will re- rectify that soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, but I just wanted to give my um, overall thoughts. I'm going to keep it spoiler free just because since Rock hasn't watched it, I, want, I don't want to spoil the story for him. Um, I'm just going to say that it the movie is interesting in the fact that it does seem like Korokoshi has been wanting to do this type of story for a while because as the title explains, it's uh more global base where the threat is like worldwide, where like they are, are uniting some other world heroes from across or are heroes from across the world. Um, so we actually see uh, the UA high school students team up with like heroes from Egypt, from uh, from other parts of Asia and Europe and things like that. So we do see more of the expansion of the uni- uh, of the universe, which kind of like Rocky, I know you've seen it with the most recent chapters and a lot of people have, that mm-hmm. it does seem like Korokoshi has always intended to um, bring in other heroes from other countries. He's never just wanted it to be Japan focused. So yep. it's really cool to see that he's actually using the movies because we saw it originally with the first My Hero Academia movie with, when he m- introduced like Melissa Shields. Um, and, and other characters from the United States and things like that. So it's like, it's fun that to see that he's always had this in mind because Horikoshi has worked on all these movies. He's actually um, part of the writing team and producing, producing all these movies as he's writing the manga. So it's clear that he's been wanting to integrate it. And the other thing that makes this cool is that you do see heroes that are actually appearing in the most recent chapters in the movie as well as like making cameo appearances or like with helping out so that's actually super cool and just again just the foresight of horikoshi is like where compared to like other animes that have um have movies those movies are usually not related to the universe they're typically seen considered outside the universe and not taking place in there um it's that's kind of been recently changing a little bit but here we see how horikoshi has always intended these movies to probably be in somewhat in continuity with the my hero academia universe at some point so because with world hero mission it takes place um right after the uh, the internship arc that we just got in the, this last season of um my hero academia with Bakugo, shoto and deku um being be in endeavors agency so it takes place right after that so they they kind of, they do address that and the only weakness I do think that the story has, and we will get into it a little bit in the chapter, maybe in the chapters, is um, I, I do think that Japan still has a little bit of work to do when it comes to their content of cre- um, creation of like how they stereotype a lot of people outside of Japan. So <laughs> that is a
1: Japanese staple, Kevin. Yeah, I, I know, <laughs>
0: but we we have we have we have seen like them actually addressing that and like growing up. Uh, stuff up and like actually not just going off based off their stereotypes oh, of oh, other
1: countries. Kevin, don't you know that all <laughs> Americans are cowboys?
0: Yeah. come yeah, on. Or, or all Egyptians are Pharaoh or Pharaoh's right.
1: Yes. Um, come uh, on. Yeah, so. these, these are traditions. I, I rode my horse to work this week. Come on, yeah. Kevin.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Again, I, there is that little thing like uh, like if I want to <laughs> nitpick a little bit of it, it, there is like one character specifically, and which which appears in the recent chapters, like one of the he actually like the the pharaoh character, forget his name actually, it's not off the top of my head, but they don't he doesn't they don't make a big deal of it, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm just like, ooh, you didn't have you didn't have to go that that route, you could have gone done something that's not just the stereotype thing that we're you're like gonna get obviously called out by a, a place outside of Japan.
1: It's funny you mention that because, like, literally, it it all the like Kinnikuman since the very beginning, even the re- the current chapters they release. Yeah. It's only in Japan, obviously. They don't yeah. they don't release it outside of Japan. Maybe they do in Korea, but I don't think farther than that. But anyhow, it, it, the characters, it, mm-hmm. their gimmicks—if they're not based on the country they're from, then they don't have yeah. a gimmick. I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah,
0: it, uh, I could kind of understand that just because that's wrestling culture too.
1: Um, <laughs> so, oh so yeah, so it well. is. Thanks, Vince McMahon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, also AAA and all that stuff too like all all, all, re, all, re, all wrestling companies go going heavy on that but i think what i think we we have seen it a little bit with other manga series and i think um one thing again it's not too big a compliment but we have seen a little bit more aging up of like japan has like a lot of oh. the creators are having more world views of like oh i need yep. to just portray them as regular characters they might be different skin right. color but they're not i don't need to go into the stereotypes Yep. Um, we have we have seen that a little bit more with with now which i'm happy about so because they're just exploring the characters not just the stereotypes of those characters uh-huh. but there are instances where mm-hmm. here is like ooh, you could have done something different and i think Horikoshi mm-hmm. still is a little bit of like the old school of like le- let me just dig like dig into the yep. stereotype we have of these char- of these type of from other countries so oh yeah
2: um,
0: oh yeah again it's just a minor critique and overall i did enjoy the movie um, and it, it was fun, and you could definitely tell that Studio Bones just went all out. Cause like I mm-hmm. think one of the criticisms of the of the Shigaraki arc that that we just went through was that there's no blood. That it's not as violent as in the yeah. manga is right in yeah. this movie, because it's a movie they they, they don't have that limitation. There is nice. blood, Like they're like during the fight, like especially the third act. I think the third act is the strongest act by far. That's cool. Um, and like they go all out with the violence, like where there's going, there's scenes where like Bakugo he's he does a big fight and he's fighting this like kind of spiky like guy that has like spike powers and mm-hmm. he, get, he gets cut up and like he costs up blood and like actually mm-hmm. is dripping blood during his fight so it's like again I'm not going to spoil the how like what what the setup is or what, what goes on in the fight but it definitely shows you that Studio Bones is capable of doing some of the like more violent stuff we've seen recently in the manga
2: mm-hmm. but
0: because like again My Hero Academia the the time slot it is it's going to be restricted obviously by the rating the tv ratings it's that's not uncontrollable that that happens in every country when it when it comes to that time slot and my hero academia is so global and worldwide that again it's it it is supposed to bring in kids at the same time and so Mm -hmm. then it is a premiere in a time slot so it can't be as violent as maybe the manga portrays it but Mm -hmm. it does seem like at least with the movies because they have the movie budget as well and it, it is coming out in movie theaters they they're allowed to be a little bit more like putting a little bit more violence in terms of like what they how how characters fight and how like how bad it gets for certain characters they're actually able to show that violence in the movie so again if you were unhappy with what happened in a recent story arc with tomura in the anime you're gonna get plenty of like you're gonna get satisfied with like these fights that just appeared in world hero mission um okay yeah do you have any questions on the movie or are you just gonna go watch it and like not, not anything more
1: that's right. I'm, I'm going to go in all excited. It, it's done well. It's yeah. really done well uh, so far in the box office. So I'm excited to see it having, yeah. like, I mean, this, this franchise just seems to have success no matter yeah. what. They do. <laughs> yeah, know? for sure.
0: And I'm, and again, Horikoshi being involved, I think is a big deal too, because yep. like usually we don't see creators involved in the movies. Like they will be producers, but not like in the writing team, but it's good mm-hmm. that to see that he's like all in on it and make, trying to make it part of his world too, like in the manga too um all right well that that completes my review for for that again i do recommend people watching it uh world hero mission if you're interested in in my hero academia so go check that out it's in movie theaters right now here in the united states and other countries it's i think coming up if it's not released this weekend um and so yeah you guys could go check that out and then they'll probably be out digitally soon so um and then now let's get into all the chapters for this month um so going off um the movie for my hero academia we also got uh We got chapters 329 and 331 for My Hero Academia this this month, and these are actually been really big uh, chapters because we see that um, All Might and the Japan police and government have been piecing together the information they got from Stain, and they actually find out that they don't actually have two months for Tomura Shigaraki's uh, all-for-one completion state uh, to be done, and they actually only have three days, so they actually have to rush and get help, and they're trying to uh, get help from the UN. And we see during a UN discussion of the, the findings that All Might has that um, while they do want to send help, they can't afford because they have their uh, um, they have their own problems in their country, so they're very hesitant. Though there are heroes from around the world, including Sol- Salam, which is a hero that appeared in World Hero Motions, just FYI. Um, and Big Big Red Dot, um, all vol- both volunteered to go to Japan to help out J- Japanese heroes. Um, and this is where we're informed that actually the, the top hero in the United States of America is actually on her way to Japan already. Um, and her name is Stars and Stripe. And she has a uh, spiky hair look that has very much all might inspired that we see. Yep. But uh, we'll get into her a little bit more a little bit later. But as, as we see Stars and Stripe making her way to Japan, um, we find All, all for One in, in one of his secret caves. And this is where he's talking to Spinner. Um, and he actually reveals that he's organizing the, all the villains in the world, all the connections he has to, to use the fact that the UN is prioritizing their own country's um, safety over helping out Japan um, to his advantage to create even more chaos around the world, not just in Japan. So it, you are seeing that he has more of a global uh, perspective on what on his greater plans to take and basically take over the world. And, he, and part of this plan is actually to make Spinner into one of his poster childs for the Heteromorphs, which are the mutated Quirk users, um, and he's go- he wants Spinner to be um, the poster child because that will help Tomorrow Shigaraki in getting even greater popularity within society. So he assigns Spinner that, and he's having other vil- like other villains like Dobby h- help out with also being poster childs, and he's like really making the core villain cast into poster childs for raising the popularity of Tomoro Shigaraki as uh, uh, who's going to be the new All For One and since this is going on we see that also the other part of all for one's plan is to actually he's already he actually is aware of it that he's going to make a huge gamble by trying to attempt to steal star and stripes um, quirk because she, he, he she is the only one that he views as an actual threat to to his entire plan so he wants to eliminate her first and steal her quirk because that will not only will take off like one of like the only people that could take him out but also will show the world that he is not to be messed with and that will cause society to even crumble more because right now with without all, all might around, um Star and Stripe is seen as the number one hero in the world. Um and so with that plan, Tomoro Shigaraki is shown to actually meet uh Stars and Stripes uh plane as it's going to Japan, as it's about to make its approach. And so Stars and Stripe gets on her plane and said and she's going she notices that it's Tomoro shigaraki and says, I'm going to face you down and that, we just get one big fight between these two characters. And this is where we re- uh, find out that Stars and Stripes uh, Quirk is named New Order, where she is able to create uh, rules or, in, in her surroundings that will also give her superpowers and then also affects her opponent as long as they believe it. Um, and she tries to use her New New Order power to cause tomorrow to have a heart attack, but that ends up failing because Tomorrow is able to use, along with you know, some help, help from the vestige world from all, all, all for one um, to kind of cause the new order to fail for his the heart attack and so they continue to fight um, sergeant stripes gives herself some more super super strength and uh, tries to take out um, Tomura, but she they're pretty much evenly matched so sergeant stripe actually launches a huge uh, energy attack on on Tomura that only pins and she know is aware that will only pin Tomura down but uh, this gives her the opportunity to call one of her superiors to say that she wants a missile launch attacks, or missiles to be launched towards uh, her location. And even though her superiors warn her that this will cause her to lose her hero license, she says, I don't care because I am doing this for, um, to, to help save the world. And also for my, for my mentor, who, she, uh, who is All Might, even though she's never met All Might, she considers her, um, because she was such a great inspiration to her as her mentor. She's doing this for, for him and just to honor him. So she, so her superiors launch uh, missiles towards Japan. And that's kind of where we end these chapters for My Hero Academia. Uh, Rock, to start off, um, let me ask you this. What do you think of how the world is dealing with the all, all for one um, situation?
1: I kind of like that you've got, we're finally really taking this globally. And you mentioned before, when talking about the movie. This is the direction that he's wanted to go for a while with this story and we're finally getting to see that like a a force as powerful as all for one there's no way this can just simply be a a japanese only problem right especially in the global community that we have in in 2021 that this is going to be something that's going to be on the radar of every other you know big country or superpower across the world they're all going to be interested in this because this is a direct threat to so many other it's it's almost like how uh, the Axis powers in World War II got on the radar of all these other countries that maybe, you know, the U.S. really wasn't, didn't really care what was going on in Japan and Germany throughout the 30s, but, oh, eventually they got a little, well, hold on, <laughs> maybe we need to pay attention. And I like that you're finally seeing these other countries that should have powerful heroes, like the United States, suddenly start to get involved because up now it's basically like, okay, can all might handle a problem. And when C lost his powers, well, can Endeavor to be strong enough to handle this problem? And so now we're kind of casting that net much wider and seeing, well, are there heroes from these other countries that are maybe as powerful as Endeavor or more powerful? They're going to want to get involved because it's, you know, we, we understand in these chapters that these superheroes really represent national power on the global setting in this universe that countries kind of rather than having like a big Navy or big air force, it's the, it's the strength of their superheroes that gives them uh, international cred, I guess.
0: Yeah. And even, and even here it's mentioned too that, um, like one of the reasons Japan was the safest country in the world was because All Might was there. And like, it's even mentioned here again, that it's All Might's presence that allowed Japan to be such like considered the safest country in the world, even, even all for one, like understood that but um and then you see that like all for all for one actually mentioned that not every country had an all might every right. other co- like may be, maybe maybe uh, the united states had stars and stripes which we, we made it here but every other country wasn't lo- as lucky to have a powerful hero that mm-hmm. was not just a powerful hero but someone that was seen as like the superman of their of their yep. country where like you, they shouldn't be doing organized crime all right like, and that was because organized crime can't be wiped out by these heroes that aren't as powerful or as seen as powerful as All Might. So and it's interesting to see that Horikoshi is really digging into like, how the rest of the world works right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating. I like that we're finally bringing in the global stage with Star Stripe being involved in the storyline. I just think it opens up the story to a much bigger scale. Yeah, And honestly, with a, with a threat as massive as All for One, it kind of makes sense to, to kind of branch out of just Japan. Yeah, like, This is an all-world bad guy.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing that he does well is that uh, like with opening with chapter 329, we actually start with the the meeting of, uh, of the UN. So that kind of sets up like All for One is actually really, really smart and understands the, how this world works, because he knows that mm-hmm. all, the, all the other governments in the world are going to be selfish and think of their countries first. And right. you see that with 329 so that when we get to 330, you already have the understanding. You've already seen that everything that All for One says Mm-hmm. Is actually true because all the countries are yes. just worried about their border. They're worried about their borders, especially right, right now with all for one seeing so powerful. They're like, we need to secure our borders right now. If, yep. if we don't secure our borders, we cannot help out Japan. So that but, and so you kind of see the how uh, Horikoshi is really doing a good job of digging into mm-hmm. like how countries really deal with with yeah. such a crisis. And Absolutely. and it's cool to see because even though they might have heroes, they could send. They're like, we can't afford it. We can't really afford right. to send our best heroes out there because it's going to affect us. Right. Even though they probably should, because all for one, as we see in chapter 330, he's, go, he's like, I'm going to go organize the rest of the world's crime and criminal organizations because I got the connections. And so That's it's like, right. so the UN, by thinking of their borders only, they're actually causing themselves to be even weaker.
1: I think it's interesting that Star and Stripe, they all, you know, he makes a point of having Star and Stripe act kind of without proper authorization as well she's kind of she's not she hasn't gone rogue but she's also not following the proper chain of command by venturing over into japan she is being yeah, uh she's kind of she's being brash and reckless mm-hmm. uh in dealing with the situation and not having the proper authority in yeah. line before she does she, this mission
0: she, she's acting she's acting much more like a typical superhero we see in comic books and yes! and, and and even all might we see that we saw that with all might which Again, right. obviously, with her being so inspired by All Might, you could kind of tell that, yeah, there's no way that she was not going to. Because if All Might was still around, he would have done the same thing if this was an attack in the United States, for example.
1: Yeah. And I think, <sighs> I think you, Star and Stripe is very much, you could see she is very much the embodiment of post War II Japanese view of the United States. She's outlandishly large, like outlandish. She's like bigger than China. Kevin, she's yeah, the, re- the, re-
0: the wrestler, not, not the country. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Sorry. I, was, I, I, I guess I should have. I should have explained that. Yes, you're right. The, the WWE wrestler, member of DX China. Uh, okay. <laughs> and she's she's you know, looks like China. She's massive mm-hmm. um, and she's brash and she's loud yeah. and kind of recklessly barges in. And that's very much the view of the United States. Yeah. Um, from other countries, in particular, Japan, especially post-World War II, And I think it's very interesting that that's kind of the view and even her power. New order, new order. It's got to be based on the slogan, New World Order, which was used by Woodrow Wilson and Winston Churchill spinning out of World War II, whereas creating a new world order. And obviously, Japan was on the losing side of that new world order, Kevin. So, you know, we may look at Star and Stripe. Uh, one way but the japanese reader is looking at star and stripe through a different lens
0: yeah and and it kind of goes into also like the missile launch uh, like yes that she, she launches like she, yep. she's yep. just like i'm i need to do everything i can to take this guy out but mm-hmm. obviously other countries are not going to view, view this kind because they're going to view this as an attack on the country
1: Yeah, a so little collateral like, damage oh, yeah. there kevin a little yeah. collateral damage yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> which i think it, it goes into like the recklessness of like just how, like because we saw we saw this kind of with all might too uh, yes. like how like he want he's like not thinking of oh like what is this how go damage my reputation with the government or whatever mm-hmm. but he's like always thinking about this and it goes into how she's inspired by all might yes. as well so it's not just yeah. like it's not oh. just that it's not just the yeah. the united states but you're right no you're right. To, you are you are right about like this is probably like a little bit of a dig on on like united states and how oh like, yeah japan views, japan views it but again there's also, oh yeah like, for sure he's at least he's at least, uh her coach to his credit has also made it a, like he did a good job in these chapters that we got of explaining why she acts the way she is it's not just yes. because of the country she comes from yes. it's actually not even that it's that she's yep. inspired by all might so much mm-hmm. that she wants to show her who she viewed as her mentor even though she never actually got mentored by all might that right. that um that she can't take over his job. Like, right. she's not, it's not like, it's the opposite of Endeavor, kind of. Yes, thing. it I'm is. Like, Endeavor, Endeavor wanted to be the number one pro hero. He just wanted that status. Yep. Whereas, like, Star and Stripe, she wanted the status because she wanted to be, like, her, like, kind of, like, basically like Deku. She's, like, a grown-up Deku, basically. Yeah, she um, is. Like she, want, she wants to be, she wants to be the number one pro hero because that that was what all might hurt, who she held in such high regard when she met him during his stints in the United States that she saw how big of a deal he was she wanted to be just as big a deal in terms of like the eyes of justice
1: oh no I agree and and I like that and what's cool about a character is that I think by introducing her and her inspiration being all might for for being the hero that she is right that I think Horikoshi has been able to because up until now I, I don't know you Kevin but you know in the beginning, I didn't know, it was all, is All Might kind of like, you know, Japan's Tom Brady? He's really popular there, but on a global mm-hmm. scale. Like, you know, Tom Brady's huge here, yeah. but eh, in South America or Asia tom, or yeah. Europe, tom, tom Brady's a nobody, right? So it's like, is All Might more like a Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. Or is he more like a Lionel Messi? Yeah. Where he's yeah. popular everywhere. And now we've learned that All Might is more like a Lionel Messi. Yeah. He's an inspiration for heroes across the world, not just yeah. in his home country.
0: Yeah, he's he's like more of a Superman instead of yep. a Batman, where Batman was more focused on Go- Gotham City and yep. uh and stuff like that, whereas Superman was seen as in like in the entire world, even though yeah. he was United States based, he was seen as yep. like in the entire world, which also kind of digs into like what I mentioned about when I was talking about the m- the movie too. You see that in the first movie when when like I think what we were really introduced to is stint in America um, during the first movie. Uh, um, when we met Melissa King, you know, Melissa Shields and all that, and that. So you could kind of tell that Horikoshi has had this idea of like mm-hmm. making sure that the story is going to be global. Yes. Um, and not just, not just yep. state to Japan, because he needed to make sure All for One and Tomorrow Shigaraki are a threat to the world. It's not just a threat to Japan. So he's like, you could kind of see like there, these wills and motions, even like before this story arc or like years ago. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So which is cool and i and i also like that um that again it kind of like i mentioned before of with stars and stripes that she is almost a grown-up Deku because we she she's doing basically what deku was doing before of like she's going off on her own oh, yeah. and you can mm-hmm. kind of tell that like with all might's influence on people mm-hmm. like the people that are most influenced by by all might they are incredibly reckless people like, i was gonna say we,
1: there's a sense of recklessness isn't yeah, there yeah because like yeah.
0: we just we just finished this with deku where he was like he was recklessly going being like I have to shoulder everything it's all on my shoulders and he that was actually causing probably a little bit more damage than he than he was realizing and he was not just for himself but other people around him. um so he would like and again you are seeing that like the people most inspired by all might are picking up his
1: reckless nature like heavily yep agreed so it's it's really fascinating that the this universe of superman who's inspiring so many people to do good things is inspiring them to do it in a reckless fashion it's an interesting twist
0: yeah and and which kind of makes you wonder if like we are going to go away from the pro because Horikoshi has been teasing this for a while is that is pro being a pro hero and working with the government a good thing too because we see all these pro heroes are actually will not deploy unless the government tells them but now with all like maybe all for one is causing this and we don't know if this is part of his plan or not but he is causing like the pro hero world to be destroyed and maybe all like all these heroes are going to realize we cannot just think of our countries we cannot just think of like hey the police need our help or Mm -hmm. or or the governments are telling us hey we need to go here we need Mm -hmm. to do it because of our own sense of justice and all like the and we see this with like the heroes in the previous chapter that decided hey you know what pro hero life is not for me because i'm not a fame and fortune that's all i was up for so like it really is narrowing down like the heroes that are remaining are the ones that are maybe best to deal with uh all for one but also maybe it was all part of all for one's plan of like he wanted to narrow it down so that the the heroes that were actual true heroes mm-hmm. are not mm-hmm. as powerful because they don't have the numbers anymore which yep. is like with the paranormal liberation war arc that was the reason why really the heroes won because they had the numbers yep so, yep. so it's interesting. yeah uh what, what do you also think of like um Tomorrow Shigaraki in this, like with with how his display of power, like him writing the Nomu and then just like him, him fighting Stars and Stripe. What do you think of how his presentation was in this?
1: I liked it. His character took another leap forward for me. He is really evolving. Obviously, you know, power wise, he's really evolving. I mean, you get a clear sense that, oh my God, he is way stronger than we thought he was. And Not only do we get to see him evolve physically, we're seeing him evolve personality-wise. Where he's not—he's not who he used to be, but he's not really all for one either. He's kind of merging the two into a completely new character. At least that's kind of the sense I get. It's not like he's just being taken over by all for one. He's kind of the two are melding. The two—the two are melding together to form a new person essentially and he doesn't even know who he is and i find that to be really fascinating because i kind of thought we were going to go in the direction where he was just going to be taken over and, and replaced and instead it looks like no the two are going to merge together to form a new being which i think is a much more interesting concept yeah. than just being taken over
0: yeah and it'll be interesting to see if that is the direction uh, yeah. for this because I, I do think that that's probably the ultimate what we're going to end up with tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because it does seem like they're also setting up that All for One does still want to take over Tomura yes. Shigaraki. So Absolutely. I Absolutely. think you are right of the theory of like maybe it's going to be the personal, like we're going to get like a mini story arc where it's, we're going to see the internal vestige world battle yes. of like to, uh, Tomura and um, and All for One. And th- th- whatever happens there is going to just create another new character. It's not even going to right. be Tomura or All for One. It's going to be the combination of the two.
1: Yes, which I think, Kevin, I, that's what I'm rooting for because I think that would be the most fascinating direction to go in with this character. Personally, yeah. I think that would be really interesting.
0: Yeah, and that would be interesting, uh, especially in comparison to, like, Deku, who's trying to work yep. with, all like, all the previous users for, um, for One for All. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's going to be, like, they are going to continue on this opposite road of, like, yeah. tomo shigaraki and all for one are battling each other out and yeah. trying to find out who is the more powerful one of like uh-huh. who's gonna be the one standing and leading everything whereas with deku he is actually working with all his past right. uh users and he's actually trying to learn their abilities and and maximize what he has so it's like it's two different it's clash between two different characters that are on the opposite ends of the same yeah. spectrum really
1: it's, it's the classic domination versus teamwork right yeah
0: which <laughs> <laughs> it's all all in power of friendship right yep
1: yep yep. (laughs) that's what it comes back to to power and friendship doesn't it
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah and again it's gonna be interesting just to uh see what the results of this uh turmoil versus star and stripe uh, yes is because like i think uh horikoshi has done a good job of not uh, not letting us know if star and stripe is going to survive this because and how big of the like and is her quirk going to get stolen i think there's that air of mystery of like Oh man, oh, yeah. it, it it does seem like even though Stars and Stripe is is standing up to Tomorrow, yeah. you don't know if she's actually by the end of this, is she's gonna survive and get her quirks stolen, or is she going to just barely survive and escape to join the rest of the heroes? Mm-hmm. And like how that, like no matter what the result is, how that is gonna see in the world if even if she survives this and doesn't get her quirks stolen, mm-hmm. she she's already shown that maybe she's not a match for all for one already.
1: Right, and I, th- I, what I, what's impressive, honestly, and I, I was not too sure that Horikoshi could pull this off, but he does a really good job, I thought so, Kevin, of conveying Star and Stripes' power in a really succinct fashion. He got her over as a massive heavy hitter. He got her new uh, order power over with the reader, in a really pleasantly quick fashion, but with a lot of power and a lot of, I mean, it's its really awe-inspiring. Yeah. It's hard to get a character over and their power yeah. in such a short amount of time. And he does it really, really well, like better than yeah. I think most authors can do with a new character.
0: And, and I think this is where kind of you and I, we've discuss, discussed this with uh, um, past chapters too, is that, you could really tell when he is on his game in art yes. art wise that like oh. he dedicates so much detail oh. to er, like the big chapters. And you could tell that th- these uh. were the biggest chapters to date for him, that everything was super detailed. And you could kind of tell that it yes. wasn't about phoning it in with the last or the previous chapters is that he's putting a lot of energy into, he's putting, he's putting energy into this. Whereas like with yeah. the other stuff, he could like, he could be more quicker about the artwork yeah. and, and stuff like that. So he doesn't need to be, not, not i guess not polished but not as like detailed in in right. how he frames like the quieter yes. talking heavy m- scenes he could be like yeah. i need to put over the giant action heavy oh, scenes because this is what i have laid out and i need to d- oh. make sure that the reader understands this that's why i think these chapters really are like some of the like i think this is the best run of chapters oh. we've had in one month uh, for by here
1: academia hands down this oh it's not even close this is this is the best one month period worth of art that we've gotten in forever. Yeah, it, I think. I mean, it's it, you can clearly tell that Horikoshi again. He's not dogging it in earlier chapters. He's just kind of, you know, kind of like a long distance runner. Or they're they're saving their strength, saving yeah. their strength for the end of that run, and then they just kind of boom, turn on the speed and blow past everybody. That's what he's doing. He's just yeah. by. He's just kind of saving his energy and then really bringing it home. He knows. He's smart. He knew he's doing a lot with these these three chapters he's he's doing a lot of work expanding his story globally and star and stripe is a very important character in in making this transition to a global story she is very important and this is a really big clash between two extremely strong characters arguably kevin arguably the biggest clash we've seen so far between two heavy hitters and i think he really wanted to drive that point home with some phenomenally well-crafted, highly detailed artwork. Because you're right; these chapters, uh, we have not gotten uh, this many chapters in a month that are this phenomenally. You can tell he's pouring all of his energy into the art in these chapters. He, I mean, he doesn't skimp on any panel. Yeah, even, <laughs> even like panel in these months, I think it's it's phenomenal looking.
0: Even like in the lead up with the chap- uh, with chapter, what chapter three thirty? Um, with. All for One speech, you could tell, like, he made sure yep. he wanted to make sure All for One was as detailed as possible in those, uh, in that chapter because, like, his speech was incredibly important for the rest of the series moving forward. And he made sure that, like, All for One appeared as evil as possible. He was like, yes. this was like his Dr. Doom moment, like his Dr. Doom <laughs> Magneto, Magneto moment right now, like, yeah. where he was making his big speech of rallying everybody. And, like, for me, like, this is where I was like, oh, yeah, All for One yep. is the Dr. Doom's like combination with Magneto. Like, a mm-hmm. vil- villain, and, like, he he is, like, the ultimate villain for the series.
1: Yeah, I think, I think All For One took a... uh He leveled up in my eyes in these chapters. Yeah. I think that that was really important to, by cementing yeah. him as kind of like that Do- Doctor Doom-style character, to your point. It made him uh, a villain that I was more intrigued by than he has been up until this point. Where, honestly, I hate to say it, but All For One has never... It just hasn't been a character that really has interested me that much up until now.
0: Yeah, because he he after his fight with All Might, like he was crippled. And so right. he's like he was like a almost non-factor. And he was more of yeah. a side right. character since that that story. Like since right. All Might took him out and took him out of commission and put him in prison. He's been like just hiding in the shadows than the rest right. of the series. Like this is actually like this story arc specifically is his coming out again. Like yes. he's he's showing back up, showing that like the character that was fought all might and took and was able to actually eliminate all might from the equation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he, he is back in full form now.
1: Yes. Agreed. And he's much more interesting. He got, Horikoshi got me a lot more excited for all for one's character with these chapters. Like I was like, Ooh, there's something to this character. Now there's something juicy there. I'm excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any uh, other
0: thoughts on these chapters for my hero academia?
1: Uh But one thing, you know, Kevin, star and stripe i don't know about you but grammatically that just drove me nuts Uh, i'm like stars and stripes stars and stripes it drove me nuts that horikoshi chose to use the singular on those it just i don't know i guess the 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 ocd in me i just went crazy (laughs) every time i read star and stripe
0: (laughs) yeah yeah because you want to say stars and stripes yes
1: yes Yes. my brain was fighting me the whole time that's my only complaint that is it everything else has been fantastic
0: okay well awesome well um what would you rate these chapters for My Hero Academia overall? Did,
1: Kevin, seriously, this is... I'm not going to hide the ball here. This is some of the most fun I've had reading My Hero Academia in quite some time. I just really like this character that he's introduced. I like what he's doing with All for One and Shigaragi. He, he, we got a lot of interesting things going on I, for me I thought the story was eight night girls out of 10. I thought the art was nine night girls out of 10. So eight and a half night girls out of 10 overall.
0: Yeah, for me, I think this is these chapters are really showing that Horikoshi has a big payoff and we should all be excited for whatever payoff he has in store. And this is just an example of like teasing us out, like there's something even bigger. If this is what we got mm-hmm. right now, there's something mm-hmm. bigger down the line and we should all be excited for what's coming down the line. So I think this is probably like my favorite run of chapters for one just a one month period. My hero academia and i think i honestly will have to go night night grows out of 10 straight across the board for the story and art and overall just because i enjoyed this these month of chapters so much
1: yep i have one thing before we leave my hair yeah. kevin you know how they always use the phrase plus ultra in this title so here's my theory kevin horikoshi is a secret Spanish national team football fan. Because <laughs> if you look on the crest, Kevin, and we don't, this is not a video, but if you look on the crest, there is a a pillar with a crown on it and a banner that says Plus. Then another pillar with a crown and the banner that says Ultra.
2: Mm. I don't know,
1: Kevin. I think I think Horikoshi. He's a closet fan of the Spanish national football team. I'm just saying, uh, it's not a coincidence, Kevin. It's not a coincidence. So are you saying that the final fight will take place in a soccer pitch?
0: Is that what, what we're going to see? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh man! Oh. Yeah, that that. that sorry, sorry. You, you, you rock, rock. broke the news right now of the final ba- like the scene of the final battle. Or yes. it will be at, at like at one the UEFA Cup finals or something. <laughs> it's going to be awesome.
1: I, I I can see it now. I think it'll be it'll be a huge hit. I think everyone will enjoy it. I hope, he, I hope he's smart enough to at least, uh, can we go as far as to say that they will um, have it at Estadio uh, Barnaby where Real Madrid plays to really finish it off, okay? <laughs>
0: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, So, but I think that that's a good place to end that. And we'll move on to our next uh, manga, which uh, we wanted to talk about is by X family. Um, They released chapters 54 and 55 this week and really are these, this past month. And this is really just like the ending of the big story arc that we've been in the middle of with your forager um, in her latest job. And she, uh, and before we get into yours, like how that fight ends, we actually do see that Lloyd actually kind of gets involved in the story where, he discovers that there's a bomb on the cruise ship, and he doesn't want to give away his identity, so he hides himself as a crewman and disables one of the bombs. But discovers that there might actually be another bomb on the, on the ship. Um, so he goes looking for it, but as he go- goes to look for the other bomb, um, Anya, worried about her mom, decides to go find Yor and and help her out. And as she finds Yor's location, like on, on a top deck, she she sees that Yor's knife is below her. She's like, "I'm gonna help mom. I'm gonna throw this and." make it super awesome she's going to catch it and everything and and defeat the bad guys but she tosses it but very much misses her mark and just gets it to the top (laughs) deck but not nowhere near where Yor is but (laughs) looking for her she
1: uh the look uh, on her face kevin is perfect too
0: this this happens to be her like where two other assassins were going to appear and try and shoot uh but as they do they one of them slips on the knife that uh anya threw up (laughs) Uh, through uh, up into the upper deck and then stabs the guy and uh, stabs the other assassin in, in the butt and then he slips falls and um and knocks himself out and the other guy gets knocked out too because when on his fall um so as yore is fighting uh, the two remaining assassins that are after her she notices the guy that that just got knocked out unconscious she noticed that he has the the her knife in his ass she's like okay i need to grab it grabs it and then there's a clash of, uh, of of blades with the one one of the guys that uh, she's fighting, and she's able to defeat him very quickly. Um, and the other guy, uh, the last remaining assassin that well, we've been seeing throughout this story arc, sees that he cannot defeat Yor by himself. Decides to just book it and runs away. Um, he tries to leave the um, leave the boat on an emergency uh, one of the emergency boats, but that's where the same emergency boat that uh, the um, the man in the chair guy was who was giving all the orders to the assassins is actually on. They start fighting, saying, "I, I need the boat." Um, as that is going on, Lloyd finds the second bomb that was on the ship. He doesn't have enough time to disarm it, so he decides to just throw it overboard. And when he throws it overboard, as soon as it hits the water, it actually explodes, and this causes the emergency boat to uh, capsize, and both the both assassins are. Um, tipped over, so that happens, and um, w- with everything uh, done, yours successful in her mission and is able to help um, um, get get them to their extraction point and and uh, and leave. So that's kind of where we leave off Spy X Family. Like again, these are very battle heavy and like quick chapters, but it, we got the conclusion of this story really. And so, uh, Rock, what do you think of the conclusion that we got here in these two chapters I of love Spy it X X Family? As
1: I love it as always. Spikes Family is near and dear to my heart. It's it's a rare day that I read chapters from this manga and don't enjoy it. They always put a smile on my face. I always chuckle reading through the chapter. And once again, and you're right. The chapters 54 and 55 really are very, very action forward. And that's not always the case, as you and I have discussed with this title. You can go chapter. You can go. Quite a few chapters kevin as we have in the past where you don't get much action at all and it really relies mainly on uh character-driven stories with some good comedy this is different this is all action all the time in these final two chapters which is fine because we've hit the crescendo of this really probably to be honest with you kevin too long of a story arc even though i've enjoyed it i think it's gone a little bit longer than it should have but this is the dramatic crescendo so we're going to get lots and lots and lots of action which i like it's it's sad it's it offers the trademark combination of comedy and action, which is appreciated. And I mean, uh, Kevin, you can't beat this scene when, as you said, Anya screws up. She can't throw it the knife to your properly because she's a little girl for crying out loud. And so it doesn't it go where she wants it to go. But through a series of calamitous events, right? It works out,
0: and and it is all less planned, as Anya says.
1: And it is, it's, it's, exactly as planned and her eyes are like narrowed exactly as planned it's kind of like lego batman got it on the first try i mean it's just like it's the best it's just so funny and what's great kevin is unlike with some other comics you might read where they try to awkwardly shove comedy into the story it fits seamlessly and let me tell you what that is harder than it seems to to, to organically squeeze in comedy into an action story that is way harder than it seems because a lot of people don't get it right. But Endo is really skilled at it. It just, he hits the right comedic beats at just the right time. And it never robs the story of it's uh, of the tension that we have going on. And in here, the tension, of course, tick, 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 there were the bombs, tick, tick, tick. Meanwhile, yours battling against the finding, the final remaining uh hitman Right. So you've you got, that's the tension and really, when your takes down the hitman in 54, the full tension of chapter 55 is just the bombs and, and can Lloyd disarm the bombs in time to save the vessel. So great way to end it in a very tense fashion that keeps the reader on the edge of their seat, right. To the very, very end. And it also gives uh, Lloyd something to do as well. So he's not just kind of sitting around doing nothing for this whole story arc, which is smart. So, Endo's able to get everybody involved in the mix. And of course, Anya's able to, he's allowed uh, her to use her power to read minds to help figure out where the bombs are hit by reading the minds of the bad guys. So and Endo's very smart. how He manages to find a role for all three main characters in Anya, Lloyd, and Yor as we wrap up this story arc. So I just thought it was really well orchestrated, this ending, while this story arc, to me at least, was a little bit, too long and was uh, veering on kind of uh, being a kind of losing the plot for a minute there. Uh, He sticks the landing perfectly. And I found this to be a very satisfying conclusion to the story. And we end it with our family. Once again, being pushed to the forefront as your is, is having to reflect upon you know Anya and Lloyd and her place with them and you kind of see that as she's hugging the child that she has saved and and you can kind of see that like that maternal connection that she has talking about how warm the child is and and the soft embrace and and thinking about her family and 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 the and Mr. McMahon letting her go be with her family uh now that her job is over and and it's interesting because McMahon even tells her you know kind of like you know you're a hitman you're not a hitman but you're you know you're a hired you're a contract killer and this is our job this is what we do so don't be soft and and bring in all these soft emotions about family and whatnot so it's kind of like it's showing you how your is is kind of transitioning out of the world of assassins into the world of family you can see her heart is driving toward being in a family and not being an assassin while on the other side you're seeing Lloyd at the very end of the story arc being reminded that uh you know he's he's saved the ship from the bombs but at the same time he goes back to Anya where he left her behind in the little child care area and she's asleep and he's like man I've been a crappy dad so both of them succeed in their missions as an assassin and as a spy but both of them feel like they didn't succeed in what really matters the most to them and that's the family and they're both kind of having to deal with this unusual impulse to care about family instead of their jobs, which is entirely new for the, both characters. And it's, again, playing with this theme that we've been getting since the beginning, right, with this fake family. But I think that Endo's really stepping it up a level with the ending of this story. Like, I don't know if you felt the same way about that.
0: Yeah, and I think that yeah, you hit it nail on the head on that is that, like, both these characters have been just so focused on their careers, really. Yeah. Like, they never thought of, like, anybody else, really. Like, obviously, we... um. With your, she's been thinking about her brother and like raising her brother, and making sure that he's safe and all that. But like they, they both been career minded individuals. We're like well, this is our careers, this is all we have. We don't need, we don't need anything else. We don't need a relationship. We don't need to, yep. um, to have like a family or like a kid or anything like that. Um, that that's not important to me in my life. Like what's important is my job and like what what that brings and all that stuff. So, but like w- with Anya now, she's opening both of them up to, um, so that they. They know that oh hey you know what actually something i never knew i needed in my life maybe i actually do need it and you're starting to see like the cracks in both for both characters uh, the cracks with your is a little bit more obvious than with lloyd lloyd is still yes. kind of getting to that point where, where your is right yep. now but they're yep. both kind of on the same similar journey for mm-hmm. like oh you know what it's not just about my job and there's more to life than, than work. So, and yeah. we're seeing that with both characters. And I think that is important to get, get across in this message. Cause we probably still have like at least one more remaining chapter for, for this story with like them reuniting and talk yeah. like, the after, like an aftermath chapter. Yeah. um Like I'm guessing just cause the way, since she didn't actually go meet up with Lloyd and Anya mm-hmm. yet. And so it seems like we may get, we may get that reunion and maybe her dealing like, hey, is she going to stay, stick with the job and is she going to accept the offer of like sticking around or is she going to be like, you know what, I'm going to just step back? Or um, mm-hmm. so, so again, it's going to be interesting to see what yours' ultimate thing, because I think that should be addressed like in the next chapter of like, hey, yours yeah. is actually giving it up. Or is she going to just do it part time? And is she going to tell Mr. McMahon, hey, you know what, I don't want to do any more <laughs> assassin work, but I will right. continue doing like protection jobs of like security. If you want need me to do something similar that I need to protect somebody, you know what, I'll, I'll take those right. jobs, but I won't take the ones where I, you directly tell me that i just need to kill people
1: yep i could say definitely could see that happening so
0: so and again i'll be keeping her in the world and just while well, <laughs> continuing to tease that at some point lloyd and your will will end up like finding right. out what they what they both do because i think that's the other happen. big story <laughs> that's the other big story that like we kind of <laughs> almost got that here and we kept yeah. thinking of like we're talking about how oh man is this the point where lloyd is going to find out about your or yours going to find out about right. lloyd and so it's like at some point you got to think that we endo is going to merge those two and like both yes. of them are going to find out and you cannot just have your give up the jaw and like the work out oh. without lloyd finding out you know
1: agreed i totally yeah. agree
0: but okay and you're and you're totally and you're totally right with the action too like these have been such action focused story that like we got and it's cool to see endo like um just uh stretches muscles with a, like a more action oriented story arc um yep. compared to others and like just seeing how badass Yor is and like Yep. There's so, so much great like action that he does and like makes everything so dynamic, even though with like his art art style, like we've mentioned, is is simple, but it's very it's still very dynamic in terms of like how he makes impact feel. He makes the clash yep. with the your and the other assassin that has the has the katana, like it it feel you could feel the impact, you could see that like how quick their strikes are and things like that. So he does a really good job of maximizing his art style too still be look great um even though if it's a little bit more or less detailed than like you, what we just saw in my hero academia oh, for example
1: absolutely agree yeah completely so, right
0: but um and i just love the also the comedy like you mentioned with anya like <laughs> she throws the knife up thinking that she's going to get it, like yours going to just catch it and that's her entire plan and then when it's not it doesn't even get close she's like uh dang it and then like <laughs> then the two guys come like right immediately come in and, and one of them slips on the knife and and because it slips the like the knife ends up on the other guy's ass and like he slips and knocks himself unconscious and then uh, and then the next thing you see is Anya being like just as planned that's exactly what I always wanted to do <laughs> and, and then like and then you're noticing that the like the that, that the knife is right there and she's like oh that's where it must have been okay i grab grabs it and then does her big epic clash and so it's like Oh, like a good comedy within the action that like, I think Endo has really, I think out of everything in this story arc has done such a good job because we saw that earlier with like how yours fighting style during the gala events where she was dance Mm -hmm. dance fighting basically. There was like, it was good action, but it was also good comedy. And you see Mm -hmm. that again here where it's like good action mixed with with really good comedy and laugh out loud moments for within within the story. Absolutely. Yeah, so... Um, I think really uh, that's really it for for me with SpyX family because again th- this is just really the conclusion of what we've been talking about for forever. Is there anything else that you thought of these chapters or? No,
1: no, I'm I'm, gl- I, I'm very satisfied, but I, I, and I'm glad we're here at the yeah. end of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. And I I'm kind of now now with the story, and we've just had a Lord, big Lloyd story too. Now I'm hoping that we get a kind Anya focused story now, like going back to back we to her can- score or something like that. I think I think that's what we need in this series now.
1: I was about to say we need to shift back to a story, a school-based story, centered around her school. We need yeah. to do that again. I, I, yeah. I'm right there with you. We, that that's got to be the next focus.
0: Yeah. So what we see, but uh, overall, what uh, what would you rate these two chapters for Spikes family?
1: Um, I will go. I'm gonna go eight Girls out of ten for the story. Uh, really satisfying. Even though it took us a while to get here, very satisfying, and. I will do hmm, seven night girls out of ten for the artwork. It's it's good. It's good. It's good art. Yeah, I mean you yeah. can't expect you know you you have to understand his style. So if you're expecting what we got in Mahir Academia, you might be a little disappointed. But what he does, he does very well. I appreciate that mm-hmm. style. So I give a seven night girls out of ten.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm right there in agreement with you of like eight night girls out of ten for the story and seven night girls out of ten for the art, seven and a half for overall. Or again, this is exactly like the conclusion that i would want from this story again it was a little bit overly long but yeah. um again that that doesn't impact these final two chapters of like in terms of how they're executed and he, he does such a good job with mixing comedy with the action here where i think this is a best example of what this series does so well of mixing in like the action comedy aspect of this series that is really why it's such a unique and we see that hits won so many awards and all that stuff and why so many yep. people enjoy this series is that and like these two two chapters really emphasize what so many fans love of the of the series
1: Absolutely. absolutely awesome well
0: um we go from there um we'll go into our next um manga series which is kaiju number eight that released three chapters this month of uh chapters 46 through 48 and really these two these last three chapters are just the continuation of the big battle with kaiju number nine in terms of there's not like a lot of story it is basically just all action where we see initially Kafka finally being able to transform into uh, Kaiju number eight. And as Kaiju number eight, he teams up with Kikoro Sh- Shinomiya to um, take on Kaiju number nine and takes on like some of the bigger Kaijus that are around that Kaiju number nine has unleashed. Um, they start, they, and during the entire fight, uh, the first division captain, uh, Gen uh, Nar- Narumi, um, sees this and he's like, This is taking too long. I need, we need to get this over with right away. So he pulls out his special weapon, which is created from the retina of kaiju number one and hits <laughs> Kai- kaiju number nine with a super powerful attack um, and is able to uh, seemingly defeats kaiju number nine. And with, as everybody celebrates, including the uh, Defense Force's uh, um, HQ, everybody's celebrating because like what what the Defense Force uh, HQ wanted and all the leaders wanted was the first division to be positioned as the strongest division in the defense force so they are like with this victory of over kaiju number nine they see that this is as the statement for everything they've been trying to get get over with first division um is being accomplished but just as the celebration happens kaiju number nine has one final surprise with and reveals that Kaiju number two is still around and is actually in the Defense Force headquarters. And we see that Je- he, Kaiju number two is right behind General Shinomiya at the Defense Force HQ. And that's where we can end uh, the final chapter for this month for Kaiju number eight. Rock, what did you think of these chapters?
1: These chapters were flat out fantastic. And you're right, this is these three chapters are all action. All the time. So if you're coming here for a lot of character work and a lot of deep story work and all of that, nope, not gonna get it. This is all about badass action and phenomenal artwork. That's what we're getting with these three chapters, and I'm totally fine with that because honestly, Kevin, with a lot of the prior chapters, things really slowed down a lot, and we were getting a lot of very character heavy and very plot heavy stories, building out the universe and establishing some of the characters that we were just meeting. So I, I think it was time. To really focus in on the action, which is the, to me at least, is the main point of this series. It's the action is the star of the show and the artwork. That's really what most people come here for. So I'm glad that Matsumoto shifted back into just giving us nothing but action with these chapters. I think we really needed it. And the action, again, he does action so well. I I just love Matsumoto's action. I love his fight scenes. I love his fight psychology. I love his pacing. I love how he, you know, lays out a fight scene. It is just he, he is really so talented at crafting fights and creating the proper ebb and flow to a fight and really, you know, getting the reader invested in the fight and the fight psychology of you don't know what's going to happen next in this fight. And just when you think the fight's going in one direction, he flips it and it's going in another direction. It's just, it's fight scenes are, there is a talent to being able to do good fighting. It's not just mindless storytelling. I think sometimes, you know, lesser talents, maybe it is mindless. And I think sometimes it gets a bad rack when you're an action forward series, but there is real talent in being able to, to construct intelligent fight scenes. And that's what Matsumoto does here. I love that we get to really see we've seen Narumi in action kevin but i think what we saw before was kind of a little taste and with these three chapters we finally see Narumi. and oh my god first of all his weapon being both a close quarters sword and a long range energy projectile rifle type weapon is phenomenal because up until now we've gotten one of the other, right? We've gotten either uh, we've gotten the close up weapon of oh, I'm gonna draw a blank on his name. General Shinomiya uh, one oh, thank you. Yeah, he uses close up weapons of uh, of swords, right? Yeah. Katanas and whatnot. Then you have the long range weapon that um oh come on, the girl that I'm drawing a blank on her name. Mina um, Mina, right? Yes, yeah, that she uses a long range weapon. And here we get a combination of both with Narumi. His weapon is both. And that immediately kind of sets him. I think it's a visual cue to the reader that, oh, uh oh, okay, he's a little step above what you've seen so far because he can do both long and close range fighting. And then you give him the retina power from Kaiju number one. And that takes him up even another level, doesn't it? And with you see him just demolishing Kaiju number nine in such a dramatic fashion, I think this is where, and I think this is kind of important. I think this is where we see Matsumoto say, okay, Kaiju number eight, extremely powerful. And, and Kevin, we're going to see in the end that Kaiju number eight is going to be the most powerful character of the good guys. I think we know that that's, that's where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. But given the weapon that uh, Narumi has, the retina power that he has, and that he's utilizing, I think it was 98% of his battle suit's capacity, which, as we've learned, is like bonkers crazy high. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen anybody access it to that level before up until now. He is, I think this is Matsumura showing, uh, narumi at this stage of the manga, can go toe-to-toe with Kaiju, or at least is implying that he could go toe-to-toe with Kaiju number eight. Yeah. And that Narumi is he is the heavy hitter for the defense force like there's no doubt about it now we now know that yeah. okay he's the man he's their superman right he, he is yeah. he's the guy um, yeah and so like the, the, the only the thing
0: that, the only thing that really keeps him back is that he's lazy <laughs> exactly yes yeah, which which I, which I know that like uh with uh like the previous chapters of this story like i think we've been complaining about how it just seems like it's just a lot of plot convenience for with Kafka yes. like, trying to be, like, especially with him transforming into Kaijin number eight, not being able to. And it seems like a lot of delay tactics for previous chapters. I'm glad that with these chapters, we finally get that fixed. It doesn't really yes. improve those previous chapters, I think. It oh, doesn't. Uh, um, like, with Spy X Family, I think the last two chapters of Spy X Family did improve, like, overall story, I would say. Agreed. Whereas Agreed. with Kaijin number eight, this doesn't fix those problems that we previously had or, like, no. explain away those problems or anything like that but at least it improves the story of like how it's being executed. I think that's the, like the, what these two chapters or these three chapters really do is yep. finally like explain a little bit more of the world, which I'm glad about. Cause I think we've both been talking about how we want this world to be more explored, the reasoning yep. behind a lot of things that they happen. Cause we find out also with like the third division, they they did split up the third division for a reason. Cause and to make the other divisions powerful, but the, also now we found out another reason why they split up the third division and specifically assign Kafka and Kikura to the first division because the defense force wants the first division to be viewed as the top division in. That's right. Uh, um, in the defense forces hierarchy.
1: Yeah. And right. so
0: like we get that other reason why, because again, it is titled the first division. So they want to make sure that like, if there's like a the third division was maybe stronger than the first, they're like, that might not be a good look for us at all. So you could kind of see that there's more greater motivation for what we saw occur with the split up of the third division so far. So um, which is great. Cause again, we do see, like you said, uh, Narumi, uh, he just completely demolishes, takes over the this, these chapters of like just showing how dominant his fighting style is. And he is one of the top tier characters right up there with Mina and General Shinomiya. Again, we don't have the specific power levels of who's, who's right. better than others, but we, we get a good idea that Narumi is like maybe the lead three of the Right. of the series in right. terms of power level right now so yeah um which which is going which is good because again he, he is the captain of the first division and really what yep. his great his kryptonite is that his laziness really that's like, right like, which is
1: perfect. That's a great that's a great weakness yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
0: just doesn't <laughs> want to do it he was like kafka and kikuro could handle this or like my right. vice captain could handle this so that already them, the and then once like he's like crap i need to enter the scene all right I'll, i guess i'll have to do it and like right. and and i do like again with, with this also like in the artwork as well that like you see that uh, like now he's taking it seriously like with the wind blowing his hair back yes. you see more of the white of his hair yeah like so yeah. there's like a little bit of transformation in his like visual styling of it yep. like so that it gives him a little bit more badass look whereas like nice. previously when you previously saw them in, in recent chapters like he looks like a lazy bum almost like he's yep. like okay yeah all right let, let me be, let the others do it while i just like Lays, lays about it and not have to do anything really. So it's like, it's a good yeah. change of like how like with the art, artistic style, like a design for a character can really make a difference of like how you view him because he looks a lot more badass in these mm-hmm. in his scenes compared to like the previous chapters where he, yeah, he didn't look that way.
1: No, not at all. And I, I agree. That's a good point. I mean, it, it, you know what also Kevin, I like that we get we get a little bit more of this world building, even with a ton of action where Kaiju number 9, at first we're thinking he just wants to kill Kaiju number 8. But then Kaiju number 9 mentions that he wants to take that great Kaiju power for himself. And so you're thinking, okay, he wants to take that whatever that Kaiju inside of Kafka is. Kaiju number 9 wants it and wants to utilize that power himself. But then we get a swerve. It, there, it, he goes from take his Kaiju number eight's great Kaiju power to taking a great kaiju power right and turning his sights to uh general shinomiya right and kaiju number two like that was a nice swerve i thought
0: yeah and again it kind of gets into like you said world building for this because we don't really still know a lot about the the kaiju world really like oh no we just like we just know from whatever the defense force has inferred about the kaijus from like them killing them and like experimenting mm-hmm. on, on their high, like their bodies mm-hmm. and things like that and making weapons and all that. So, but we don't really know what's causing these kaijus to appear and like transform like Kafka has the, one of the great kaiju powers, but yep. we still don't know the full motivations of these kaijus. We're digging into it a little bit with kaiju number nine right now, of like hey, he wants to just get stronger, but it, it just kind of continues teasing out that there's way more to this world that is left to uncover. And that Kafka will be a key character in that. And like again, he is the main character, obviously. And he has one of these great kaiju powers, but there is way more to what's going on mm-hmm. than appears and even the defense force does not know. Cause everything that the defense force has on the kaijus is all theories, really. Like right. they don't really, right. like they, they don't have anything to work off of. Like maybe if they did experiment on on Kafka and his great kai, like little kaiju that's inside of him, maybe they would find out a little bit more, but they haven't done that because they don't even know about that because they don't even know that there's this great kaiju power. They're just like, these are raging monsters. There's raging monsters. We just got to stop them. That's that's their entire mission.
1: Exactly. This is a pretty big wrinkle that, that Matsumoto introduces into the story. And that's a real swerve ending that we get with Chapter 48. And I like it because yeah. sometimes you feel like, I know where Matsumoto is going. I know where he's going. I know where he's going. And then suddenly, whoa, oh, yeah. you caught me. I didn't see that one. Good job. That was a really a really cool twist and it just gets you more excited for learning mm-hmm. more about the order, the hierarchy of these mm-hmm. kaiju and the different powers and how the defense force has been utilizing these powers of these prior kaiju, you know. And it just it just again, we're just getting a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper into this universe. I still think that we have Matsumoto has so much more to uncover with this universe. There's still so much more to flesh out and to learn. There's, it, it's just tons of potential still at this point. Yeah, and we're about
0: to hit a big milestone for this series too. By like, what maybe by end of this year, yeah. we're gonna to get to the big chapter fifty with, or fifty two as well. Like mm-hmm. a full years worth of chapters, which like this series has been going on since 2020. But um, we're getting to that mark, and it, you could kind of tell that he's almost building up to um, chapter fifty and maybe fi- or fifty two being like big moments for this series and hopefully like we'll we'll see that like building up here now with General Shinomiya being such a in such danger especially um mm-hmm. and the defense force being and like it'll be interesting to see how they respond to this latest development because again you like to make the big anniversary chapters which or milestone chapters like 50 and 52 be oh yeah a big deal so it does seem like he's heading towards that direction of making sure those chapters are going to be as big a deal as possible because we may get those by the end of the year oh yeah absolutely it's it's so, going to be huge, yeah. So because I think right now if he's on pace with his three like uh three chapters per month at, at um or, or like two or three chapters, we'll get at least chapter fifty by by December.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: there's be so, something special.
1: I, I I'm I'm confident.
0: Yeah, so it'll be good. <laughs> you know, um, is there anything else that stood out to you for uh for the series?
1: Just the artwork as always, Matt Simotor's artwork is just gorgeous. It's tailor-made for my specific taste, Kevin. I just love everything about his artwork and what made his art hit another level in these chapters is that in chapter 47, we got treated to a gorgeous double-page splash shot in full color. And it is, Kevin, I just... that. It's gorgeous the way he draws Narumi's eye with the Kaiju uh, you know retina and the way he draws Kaiju number eight and the ant Kaiju with uh, Narumi being able to use the retina to like see into Kaiju number nine to see all of his uh, you know core and his pressure points and his skeleton everything like that it is pretty phenomenal makes me wish we got a few more pages in color of Matsumoto's artwork because god kevin it's wow it's just draw droppingly awesome looking yeah for
0: (laughs) yeah for me when i just saw those color pages i was like is there a kaiju number eight anime series announced yet oh like seeing those those color pages i'm like this needs to be an anime series like right now so
1: I amen brother. it definitely
0: makes me hope that we don't have to be it's not going to be a chainsaw man situation where we wait until like way later down the line that uh we right. get a kaiju number not eight the anime series
1: yep agreed so, totally uh, agree
0: um all right awesome well what, what do you rate overall like these uh chapters of kaiju number eight
1: i'm gonna go i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go straight I'm going to go nine night girls out of 10 for the story. Just because this action was amazing with a great swerve ending at the end. And I'm going to give it a perfect 10. Bootylicious wow. night girls out of 10 for the artwork, Kevin. Wow. It's phenomenal. The color <laughs> art really pushed it over the top. for me. It pushed it over the top. So that's nine and a half night girls out of 10.
0: Yeah. Well, for, for me, uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower. Like again, this is a very action focused, not, not too much stories. I, I did like the story developments and definitely helped this story get better. So for, for the story itself, I'll give it an eight night girls out of 10 and for the artwork, I, I agree with you. It, it's stunning artwork and it's amazing with the double page red uh, um, color page and things like that, that I'm just going to give it a nine night girls out of 10. So for eight and a half night, night grows out of 10 for me. We're going to conclude this episode with Sakamoto days. We're going to Covered her uh, the october chapter for, for this and this is basically continuation we get from from the big fight that we saw with uh, shin and saw and shin is tries to use his um his uh, future site and things like that to help him in battle against saw it does really work out well but saw is such an experienced uh serial killer that he does end up overwhelming shin and as saw is about to kill him who appears but lou but not, but not just lou but drunk style fighter Lou, uh, <laughs> Lou as, as she, after she drank some beer which uh, Shin notices and so we see her and she even completes the transformation where she lets her hair down and starts <laughs> fighting uh, Saw more evenly and then uh, Shin uses this opportunity to also do a combo attack with Lou and they're able to knock, knock out and defeat uh, Saw which we get a little blurb on, on at the very bottom at the end of one of the chapters that says saw has been defeated and after this fight Saul decides to just run away he decides i need to like just leave i'm going to leave the country because this is not worth it he gets into taxi. He, he steals a taxi but as soon as he gets into that taxi who else appears but one of the order members um and named heo and he was waiting for them and says you know what got, got you, bitch and kind of moment and just kill kill saw right right there and then inside the taxi um, and from there, we uh, see Dump going to a shrine. Um, one of the other serial killers assigned to take out the, uh, the Sakamoto family and the Order. But as she's in that um, that shrine, um, another Order member, uh, her name is Osagari, um, confronts Dump and just completely like they go back and forth for a good while. Um, almost like a chapter's worth of fighting with, with these characters. But um, eventually, Osagari is able to defeat and kill Dump. Um, and, and she, uh, she, from there we go to an, another scene where we see a part, um, a part as well, like the other, other, uh, serial killer. He, he meets up with the guy that hired him in, in that deer, um, deer mask, um, and he confronts him and decides, you know what, this isn't worth it. I'm just going to kill you and kills the guy that hired him. Um, in what looks to be like Tokyo Tower, I believe. Um, um, I might be wrong with with the location, but that's what it looked like. Um, And from there, we see that the the last remaining um, serial killer that we haven't seen yet, but uh, we saw in previous chapters, his name is Minimalist. And he decides to go after the Sakamoto family and he goes to the Sakamoto family convenience store. But as soon as he confronts uh, Sakamoto's wife, Uh, Nagamo appears there and he decides you know what you're not going to you're not going to hurt my family and he he's going to take out Minimalist and from there as uh, Nagamo takes on Minimalist apart as he's as he is getting ready to leave the Tokyo Tower who else but appears but Sakamoto and he is um, ready to ready to crush uh, a part as well so like we get the big kind of that's where we leave off with Sakamoto leaving the elevator about to take on a part and Rock, what did you think of these chapters for Sakamoto Days?
1: I loved these chapters. I really think that Yudo Suzuki is absolutely on fire right now. He's just white hot. I feel like over, I've always enjoyed Sakamoto Days since the very first chapter, but I feel like Suzuki has really kind of been searching for his unique voice and really he's starting to get his sea legs about him in terms of the characters he wants to use and the kind of story he wants to tell and the type of art that he wants to deliver and i feel like suzuki we have actually we're actually been watching suzuki evolve with each story arc and further refine not just his art, but also his storytelling and his goal. And I think it's it's actually a rather clear progression that we've seen. It's kind of fun to watch Suzuki just kind of blossom right before us on this series. It's really interesting to see because, to be sure, it's, it's obvious that Suzuki wants this to be a, a family of characters who team up together where the even though Sakamoto is obviously the alpha, right? He's, he's, he's going to be the Superman of this title. He's going to be the most powerful one. We get that, but that doesn't mean that all the other characters don't have a very useful role in all these missions. Just because Superman is the most powerful character doesn't mean the rest of the justice league is useless, right? Yeah. Everybody has a role to play. And I think, Suzuki's finally, I think we are finally seeing in this current story art, Kevin, where Suzuki's wanted to go. He really wants this, this cast of characters in defined roles with defined abilities, bringing something unique to the table to make our team Sakamoto, right? Or, or the Sakamoto family, a more uh, impressive and uh, imposing force to deal with. And they all Help to complement Sakamoto, and I think we're seeing that. What makes me really uh, uh, believe that is because we, in the first two chapters, we get to see both uh, Lou and Shin really uh, bring it up a notch. They both hit another power level, and. But Suzuki does it in a smart fashion. He doesn't go too overboard in making either character too OP and leveling them up. Lou, for example, she, he has her drink 200 proof ethanol. Okay? 200 proof ethanol, which normally up until now, we've just seen her drink regular alcohol and that's how she's gotten the various uh, fighting, the drunken fighting styles, right? Well, we've now learned that the more, I guess the higher proof alcohol she gets, the higher level of a drunken... <sighs> fighting style she gets right and in this yeah. one 200 proof out, uh, ethanol gives her the drunken triad mode which appears to be her highest that we yeah. know of fighting mode right i like that concept because it's like well she's not always always going to have 200 proof ethanol with her right so maybe it's only beer so maybe you get the lower fighting style at a later story arc you know yeah. what i mean so you can give her you can give her character growth but not make her too op
0: yeah if she and, it's gonna be different levels of drunkenness that she gets <laughs> like depending right. on how drunk she is yeah, if exactly. she has like a light she has a light bus she'll be a little bit better yes. fighter but if yeah. she has like, she's completely drunk like off her, <laughs> right. off her off her ass then she's like this is my top tier fighting style right.
1: i think that's really intelligent though because you don't make characters too op right yeah and with shin for a minute there i thought he was going to become too op because i mean he flat out suzuki flat out tells you that with this new power he's essentially unbeatable mm-hmm. so he, he'll never lose again but he then goes up Let's make it so his body can't handle yeah. this new power and causes him to collapse and pass out by running this height. It's like, you know, Goku can only handle being at his, you know, top. He can't
0: handle Kaioken 20, times 20 because he only mastered Kaioken times
1: three. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so, so Shin can only use this power, but for so long, and then he, oh, he loses energy. Mm-hmm. so again you give him you let him level up but you don't you keep him from being op by saying well he can only do it for a certain amount of time yeah so and, perfect that's and, smart
0: and i think that yeah it's a good thing too just because again like you said i think um always like a big dangerous part in like any like any comic book or manga series really is that you want the hero to look the best even even if that means like making other characters look weaker or that they cannot right. handle the situation without like the main character being involved and i think Again, this goes for so many manga series and anime mm-hmm. series. I think we kind of talked about that with Kaiju number eight of like with Kafka's character in mm-hmm. um, previous months chapters. And I'm glad that here we don't need Sakamoto to be showing up to help out um, Shin and Lu yes. to fight or even like the other order members. They don't yes. need, they're yeah. powerful on their own and they could figure out a way to defeat the, the bad guys. So and I'm glad yep. that um, even though this is called Sakamoto Days, eh, Sakamoto isn't the main star, like just the only star right. of the series. He's... Suzuki is making sure that um, every character is given a time to shine. But that's just not mm-hmm. just by like oh one moment where like they seem like badass, but they still right. need Takamoto to defeat them because right. we see right. that so many times. We we like yeah oh, across yes. across entertainment genres because oh, we yeah. need the the title character or the lead yeah. character to be the ba- the biggest badass, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad in this series that Suzuki is not is going away from that. He's like I have so many badass characters. Let yeah. me actually show them badass by actually defeating one of the bad guys and. And, like, he did such a good job with previous month's chapters of establishing that all these serial killer, these four serial killers that are going after the Order and Saka, the Sakamoto family, they are incredibly dangerous individuals, but mm-hmm. we have, like, we have just as dangerous individuals on the hero side of things. And Absolutely. so and with, with Lu and Shin, like, you get you get that as well, like, even though they're still learning on the job and they they obviously don't have full mastery of what their abilities are or they're still in training because they want need them need more experience because I think the big thing with Shin and Lu is that they don't have the experience uh-huh. that Sakamoto and the other top tier assassins have, but they are gaining uh-huh. that. And here we see another example of Lu and Shin gaining some more experience so that they learn more and even grow more in the future.
1: Yep. And, and to, to your, build off your point about how he, he, Suzuki used these serial killers as a good way to build up our heroes, Again, this is, and Suzuki's done this in the past, but he also, much like Pat and Matsumoto in Kajuna Break, Suzuki does have good fight psychology and he uses uses the serial killers as uh, he, he presented them as real dangerous characters and then fed them to the order characters to get them over three or because Kevin, up until now, now we've seen Shin and Lou in action. So really seeing them in action again was more about not that they're good, but they're evolving, right? The order members, though, we've not really, we haven't really, seen Osagari in action. We've not seen, I've, I guess you pronounce him, Hio in action. Uh, we've not seen Nagamo in action. So, and, and these order members have been built up up until now, Kevin. Uh, Suzuki's really inferred that these characters these order members are massive heavy yeah. hitters and we've yeah, never they're, seen they're, action. they're on sakamoto's level that's right and so i think he's done a did a wonderful job presenting these serial killers as real threats and then completely feeding them mm-hmm. to the order members to get the order members totally over with the reader yeah as and heavy even like
0: I think the, the most extended fight that we had was Osagari with Dump. And yes, even then, like you never felt like Osagari was like going to be defeated, even though it's the most longest fight. But it's because Osagari it, was using the fight to discover more information on what's right. going on, really going on. Right. Yep. And she was yep. allowing the fight. Mm-hmm. You could tell that she was allowing the fight to yep. drag on because she right. needs to find out information on why the order is being targeted and all that stuff. So right. she, And That's once right. she figures out, she's like, you know what? Dump is okay. not going to give up anything. Either not going to give up anything or doesn't know anything. You know what? Right. All right. She's done. And we're done. so it's like, so even in that fight where it's not about Osagari looking weaker because she took oh. longer to fight. Yep. Um, it's more because she was like, I need to find out information. I need uh-huh. to find out what's going on. So yep. I'm going to like, as I'm like kicking her ass or defending myself, like countering moves and things like that, making it seem like hmm. we're evenly matched. I'm going to find out information. But as soon as she figures out, you know what? I'm not finding out anything. Cause dump is useless. I'm just gonna yep. kill her, and that's what she does. Like easily, that like mm-hmm. overwhelms her, and like shows that, yeah, she was basically like using a percentage of her fighting ability. Yeah,
1: absolutely, I mean, really, and and, and I'm smart. You pointed that out because you're right. Nagumi and Hyo, they're a lot faster. Yeah, because they're not trying to find anything out, right? They're just they're just taking them out. <laughs> they're, not, they're not getting information. Yeah. Whereas Osagari is really trying to get more information, and but all three of them. You know, he feeds those those serial killers to those three order members to really get them over with the, the reader. And it it works, Kevin. I've been I have just been waiting and waiting to see yeah. these order members in action. Kevin, he's been teasing these yeah. characters yeah. for so long. I was so excited to finally see them fight. And wow. Let me tell you what. All of them come across. So cool. Hio is cool. You don't ever you don't see it. But it makes him even cooler. You just see the salt getting in the cab and you know, it's a, it, that Kevin, yeah. it, like, that's a two hit fight. Him yeah, hitting, like saw, he, he, uh, hitting the ground. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> like, he, you're literally,
0: he's sitting on a taxi, just like super imposing, like, <laughs> like he's a giant massive of a man. And just like, yes! you know, that as soon as he like launches that punch and you see the blood splatter on the yes! car, you're like, yep. He, he, he crushed God. him. Like it's probably yeah. a little bit too violent. Like you probably don't even want to see how violent <laughs> of a, like he crushed him
1: totally so that's great and Sagari is uh i love her character i she is i I don't i just i'm totally mesmerized by her character i think she's awesome and i i love how she fights i love how suzuki gives her her unique fighting style i i just love everything Mm -hmm. about the way she looks when she fights there is an air of of calm Mm -hmm. about her and it is just awesome and when she ends the fight with the chain the, the, the circular saw out of her out of her you know bag or briefcase whatever it is just so wicked awesome and she delivers it in such a her trademark calm fashion it yeah. is just so cool and then of course nagama does his in his trademark smiling happy-go-lucky fashion so each of them have their own style right you got yeah. the. Yo does it in a big scary brooding way. And Osigari does it in her very zen peaceful kind like, of fina- finesse way. You know, yeah, really like a ballet dancer almost. Mm. And then Nagomo, he's he's like an imp, right? He just he's he's just always laughing, like he's always enjoying a private uh, in yeah. a private joke at everyone else's expense. Um yeah, <laughs> and, really, and, it's good.
0: Yeah, and I think the other important thing I th- think that these chapters uh do is that they set these characters up to be powerful when whenever we finally meet the mysterious x character that's sending all these assassins after sakamoto yeah. we really needed to establish so we already know that sakamoto is going probably be, like has been established as one of the only ones that could defeat x yeah. um that's been sending everybody but now we get these other the order members that once we eventually finally see whoever this x character is and discover what he, what his motivations are, we at least have the order members that can go toe to toe with the, the big bat of this series as well.
1: Yes, agreed. Now the only order we remember we don't see is Osagari's. He's kind of like her sensei, or I don't know if they're boyfriend girlfriend or I don't yeah. know. There's something going on with the two of them. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's something, right, Kevin? We don't know for sure what, but there's something going on with the two of them, and he's kind of like. Uh, whatever i don't know if he's a teacher or a love interest we don't know what it is but shishiba we don't we still don't see him and i kind of get the feeling that shishiba is like on another level even among the order members i could be wrong but i think the fact that suzuki still hasn't let us see shishiba in action i think he's tipping his hand maybe a little bit about which of these order members might be the alpha I could be totally wrong. No, you're, no, no. We, we,
0: could, we could find out. And like, or he could just be an assistant. We don't know. Like, that's the cool thing about this is that we don't know. Nope. And like, nope. at least nope. what we could expect big things or like fun, at least fun things to to happen. Yeah. And I do like that. Like we go this almost entire month and we get to the fi- like, final chapter of the month. And that's when we finally see Sakamoto. Like yes. it, it is because like, he does not appear in any of the chapters for nope. this month oh. until the very end. Yeah. Like he, him coming out of the elevator, which is like, you're yep. like, uh things are gonna go down and, and just gets uh-huh. you more excited for like the next month and i'm glad that like suzuki understood like let me make sakamoto's presentation special whenever he does <laughs> actually appear for, for a big fight and that and i that, that's what i enjoyed about that is like almost like a wwe en- entrance like you <laughs> mentioned before it's like we gotta save the undertaker and en- entrance for last yes.
1: and, and, <laughs> I, I, I you're you're in my brain, Kevin, you're in my brain space because that's exactly what I was going to say. He, Suzuki treats Sakamoto like the Undertaker where a little bit of Undertaker goes a long way, right? Yeah. Just, just hint and tease and tease, but don't, you don't see him. So if you don't see him that often, it makes it more special when you do see the Undertaker. And by not having Sakamoto being the star of the show every single chapter, always doing all the fighting for everybody else, by making us wait a month, to see sakamoto in action it makes when you see him in action a big deal mm-hmm. and it should be a big deal and that's how you keep his character special i think by being judicious yeah and by making the reader wait and want it before giving it to him
0: yeah and i think that's all credit to suzuki's talents because i i think your, your earlier point was very spot on of like you could see how every chapter he is learning how to best world build and character builds like he's not it's not just about like i need to build up my main character so that he's the ultimate main character it's about Mm -hmm. i need to create a world and, and the characters inside this world that are all as fascinating as my main character and i think that's what he's really like as each chapter progresses you could see that he's refining his his style that he has a specific idea in mind but he knows that like i need my whatever my end game is i need to get these characters prepared for that and like have these chapters build on top of each other. And like, how do I best show off these characters so that they are like seen like a, as interesting or as powerful or whatever I need them to be as Sakamoto. So like everybody is kind of almost appears as the lead character along with our title character of Sakamoto.
1: Totally agree, totally agree. And you know, I, I kind of want to just touch on the art real fast because mm-hmm. I think that's it, part of his evolution not just his writing, but it's his artwork. And I mean, I think you and I have said this in in prior uh, episodes where, you know, sometimes the art's (laughs) not the best, right? And I think that in the earlier chapters, Kevin, I do think his art was a lot rougher and uh, a lot less uh, stable than it is now. I think his art has with each chapter, I think his art art is getting better. Yeah. And I think it's getting more consistently good. You know, who doesn't have the extreme highs and lows that I think some of the earlier chapters had. Yeah. And I think and, the,
0: I, I was going to say what the earlier chapters, when it comes to his art. And I could tell this from what, like the beginning of the series is that his art style, he probably grew up more drawing like comedic style styling. Absolutely. Like, like, so like he wasn't too used to like action. Like he, he did his best with the action scenes, but you could tell like his his artistic sensibilities were leaned more heavily on the comedic side of things. Yes. So yes. like as each chapter is coming out, you could see that like now that he's actually drawing way more action scenes and drawing these characters in like big action moments that he's getting more comfortable drawing those, those compared to like the comedy. Cause I think the comedy was really what you could tell that he was most comfortable drawing with these oh, characters. Yeah. Whereas like with the action, he was like, he was good, but not like he wasn't at his, like, what, what he could be what, what we see with other like act like action shown in mangas like are like they're more comfortable with it. You could always tell I could always tell that he was maybe like not used to the like drawing action like in an extended period outside of like maybe one or two time like panels or something.
1: Yeah. No, totally agree. I think you're spot on with that. And I think with these chapters 41 to 45, he's Suzuki is a bit like Horikoshi in that you can tell when he's kind of just He's backing off the detail and he's just trying to get through the panels mm-hmm. to get to the bigger moments where he packs in a of detail. Yeah. And I think one wonderful example, at least for me, is in chapter 43 when you've got Osigari battling Dump. Mm-hmm. And before that, we, we're get, we get some panels that where he, you can tell he's just getting through it, not putting a lot of effort in it. But then when you get to some of these battle moments, there's a one-page, I mean a one-page splash shot. Right before Osagari kills Dump, and she's it's just a single page splash out of her, and she's got the circular saw, you know, back up behind her, and that one page splash out, Kevin, is as beautiful an artwork as you're going to see on any manga. Period. It's gorgeous artwork, and it's elegant. I love the motion of her dress, how it's kind of billowing out and around her. It is so gorgeous, so beautifully. I mean, this art is truly beautiful, and it also conveys the very um, the how she is like a ballerina in the way she moves, the the gracefulness of the character. It's a really. I just found it to be a very powerful page and a level of artwork, Kevin, that I never would have thought we would have gotten on this title way back when it first started.
0: Yeah, and it's, going, like I said, it's still, like, it's not my, my cup of tea, like, what every chapter, like, there, like I right. said, it's, like, it's going to be, in terms of it's good, like, I always think of Takamoto Days, it's good artwork, it's still not at its best, and, again, it's all a learning, learning process, and, like you said, the, I think the best indication that he is, like growing and learning as an artist um, especially when it comes to the action is that osugari and uh, a dump fight like he is starting to like get comfortable with that again he, he can't do it all the time especially with this month where he released five chapters in one month so that right. that is a lot that is a lot of chapters to release that kind is of kind of like you know like other main series like my hero academia have to do so you could tell that he's still getting used to all that and like with, with having to put in so much work into releasing a weekly series that he is starting to maybe learn that, like, oh, I need to save it for, like, to make my characters as bad as possible when it comes to the, um, to the big action sequences. Um, I could be more a little bit more detailed, whereas, like, with other other chapters or maybe scenes that aren't as, like, action-heavy or I don't have them planned out that way, I could be a little bit yeah. more quicker when it comes to uh, – so he's, like, more judicial with his time. Yes. Like, he knows, like, oh, this is where I could spend – not less time, but I don't need to spend as much effort into making that as detailed because it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be fun.
1: Yeah. Doesn't matter.
0: So. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so overall, what, what would you rate the, these chapters of Sakamoto Days?
1: I'm going to go the, I'll go the story. Uh, let's do eight night girls out of 10 for the story. Seven night girls out of 10 for the art, artwork. So seven and a half out of 10 overall.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that I'm completely agreement with that is that 8 Night Girls out of 10 for the, no, the story and 7 Night Girls out of 10 for the artwork, it's seven and a half Night Girls. Again, this series is, continues to be the most fun I have, oh, like, like, reading monthly, especially, like, yeah. with five chapters released this month. that yeah. It was great, and that I'm glad that uh, the series is, like, really finding its stride with, uh, with all these assassins that are being introduced and, like, the Sakamoto family and how everything, it, the world feels like it's growing bigger and bigger
1: and and that's one thing i'm glad you mentioned it because really in encouraging people to try different manga titles sakamoto days is legitimate one title that i think is truly getting better and better with each chapter mm-hmm. legitimately getting better
0: it's consistent it's like consistently yep. getting better and like uh, be- being better with each chapter where uh, suzuki yep. is really learning as he goes along how to best maximize the the manga style yep Awesome. Well, that's where we really will end our this episode of the Manga Revolution podcast. Again, Rock, thank you very much for joining me here. Um, as I previously said, you could catch more of our work at ConcreteRevolution.com, where we have a bunch of features on manga and anime industry. And you could also find both the podcast feed for this uh, Concrete Revolution podcast and Manga Revolution on there as well. So go check out our, our uh, podcast feeds there. And again, I hope everyone has a great rest of your day.